Hey, Jack. Hey, Wyatt. What's going on, man? Not much. <laughs> Good to see you. Yeah, I finally get to see the, the studio. Yeah, right? Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the cameras and stuff. I, I've always wondered, how do you switch between, like, do you have three recordings at once, or or, uh, or do you just switch through them? Yeah, I have, like, a widescreen monitor IRL, so um, I kind of just have, like, one view recording all three, and then ah, just edit them together okay. after. Yeah. I see. That's that's cool. Anyway, good to be here. Yeah, man. What you been up to? How's life? Um. Well, I I finally got around to playing the game uh, T for God, and I have never been more acutely aware of the limited size of my play space in my entire time playing VR. But I love the idea. I think we need more uh, more games that push the boundaries like that. Of you know, do the things that people generally say you're not supposed to do with VR. So, like for example, uh, Boneworks uh, would not have as big of a following as it does if it just played it safe, right? Right. Yeah, you know. But by the way, can you hear the air conditioner in the background? Oh no, you're fine. All right, good. Wait, so yeah, I've only I've only seen a, a few clips of T for God, and I know it's sort of like uh, it messes with non-Euclidean geometry, correct? Like you can walk infinitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the the thing about it is, I have a really small like I, I just barely meet the minimum requirements for room scale, right? So, um, it, I I never feel confident enough to just take a full step. I feel like I'm 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 just kind of like claustrophobic all the time, and and uh, but I do recommend the experience to to anybody that has VR just just to try it like once because it's really unique to actually be like moving around without like you know the, these controllers that we have right and um. It's, it's uh it's great i i i like the idea i want more games that like do unsafe things with vr because even if these these ideas don't really uh pan out all the time it it shows aspects that most people are not willing to explore most of the time and um you know that that's just a wonderful thing because you get the amazing stuff like like Boneworks, like Blade and Sorcery, and all that stuff. You know, it's true, man. It's also because it's like such an early, in the grand scheme of things, like we're right in the beginning of the industry. So it, you know, it's like this is the time to experiment. You know, try to see what works. Yeah, I I almost kind of like fear VR going mainstream because we're gonna we're gonna reach a point. Kind of like how we did in the the normal industry. Like, there's now. Bef- let me pre- preface this. Like, what what I'm about to say is that there is absolutely nothing wrong with any particular genre of video game. If you like something, then you should like it. Don't don't let any don't let what I'm about to say influence that. Anyway, um, so I've noticed that there's a huge trend of. Um, of over-the-shoulder cinematic experiences, especially on, like, PlayStation, right? And I just... There's nothing wrong with that genre. I just feel like it is the most... um, 
it's the video game equivalent of like a Marvel movie. You know, it's like, you know that when you go to see a Marvel movie, you're not going to get a bad experience, right? You you know what you're going for. You, you go there to watch shit blow up, you know, popcorn and all that. Um, but you come away from it often like not really feeling like you, you got something unique or, or special or, you know, and at least in my experience. And I think that, um, you know, there, there's got to, I, I worry about there becoming a, there, there's a point in VR where we're going to get to that point where, where it's like, oh, well, I want to make a VR game. What, what genre do I make it? Uh, well, I, I, this popular game sells a lot of copies and, and, you know, that, that was successful. So I'm just going to make my game like that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sure it'll happen. <clears throat> I think, uh, I think that's kind of inevitable though, right? Like, there's the there's the Marvel movies. There's like kind of the Jack. You, you're, the, what's up? I, I'm not hearing your mic. Uh, one second. Please stand by for technical repairs. Thank you for your patience. Uh, microphone check. One two. I I can hear you now. That's weird. It's like a yeah. Um. It's okay. That that part can be cut out in post. Yeah, um, yeah. Just let anyway. me know if I drop that. But I was saying, like, I, I feel like that's kind of, kind of inevitable in, in an industry because, like, like you say, you have the Marvel example, and then you have like books that follow a specific format, and people write in that format. TV shows, um, but I think you know it'll it'll evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. When you say over the shoulder, do you mean like the sort of like um. What's that game like? I mean, like the you know, like got the new God of War reboot, The Last of Us. Um, oh. You know, generally like Order eighteen eighty six, that kind of stuff. It, right. You know, it's a very specific like archetype of video game that a lot of people like, and and don't don't let whatever I'm saying like detract from that. I, I just personally think that's like the safest possible game you could make. And there's nothing wrong with making safe games, but I want to play the stuff like T for God. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought you were talking about like Quill, like the the where you're in VR, but you're controlling like a little character on the ground. I could see Quill. that happening with the little. Mouse I haven't gen. played Quill yet. I haven't either. Uh, oh, just... Are you talking about? Are, are you talking about Moss? Moss. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, there, there we go. I loved Moss actually. I, I, I thought Moss was great. Yeah. Um, but I can't see that format transitioning. Like you could have the God of War type game in VR with Quill. What were you gonna say? And that will that that will help. Um, you know, games like the the game type. You know, that I'm talking about will help VR actually like go mainstream because you can get that that one game that has mass appeal. Even if you make a lot of it, there's still going to be passionate indie developers making other kinds of games. So I'm totally fine with that, right? I just kind of worry about oversaturation of that kind of genre. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's um, because when you're when you have the industry only making like one kind of game, it's it's it gets kind of disheartening after a while, but. There's clearly an audience for it, and that's they they get to enjoy whatever they want, and that's great. 
because choice is always fantastic. I just can't wait for Assassin's Creed 45 to come out. <laughs> you know great. what? Um, Assassin's Creed is actually a great example uh, to bring up because that series varies so, so wildly in quality. Within the series itself, like, there are some games that are, like, I, I freaking love Assassin's Creed 2. Um, and... I, I, but I, I don't like the direction that, uh, you know, Odyssey is going in where they, they lean heavier into like the RPG mechanics, right? Cause I, I like the, the old school Assassin's Creed. That, that, that stuff is cool. You just, they just drop you into a world and just let you have your, your assassin like parkour power fantasy. And it's great. Yeah. Um, I love, I love franchises like that, that have like a setting, you know, and they can kind of like, continue in that setting but also like bring some variety to it it's interesting right right um so uh, another thing i've been playing lately and this isn't a vr game but it's it's uh called uh worlds right and it's not it's not the the um the worlds most people know which is that that old like online kind of metaverse thing but it's it's a game on steam by a company named curious planet and um they they name their game worlds and so when i tell people about it and they go and search it up it's not even like the first result on steam and it's just really yeah really hard to find but i love it because it's it while the graphics aren't like triple a quality the the actual game is like got a lot of heart to it and i like that <clears throat> and that that's a key that's a key word here uh heart right like it's really difficult to f to define heart in a video game, right? Because it means something different to everybody, I think. And it's uh, it, but it's it, you can always like sense it. You can always sense when when the developers care about making their games. It's it's really nice. Yeah, it's like this this underlying vibe. You get. I feel like anyway. So what, what's uh, enough about me rambling about video games? What, what's going on? Like, what's going on with you? Can you hear me right now? Mic check. Oh, I, I can't. I can't hear you again. <laughs> it was in this moment that Wyatt and Jack found an hyperdimension virtual reality bug that was affecting their communication. The issue has been promptly fixed, allowing for uninterrupted vocal transmissions across the metaverse. Thank you for your patience, and enjoy the rest of the episode. Oh, okay, there we go. There we go. Okay, if it happens again, I might have to just uh, restart my game. Um... Uh, understandable. <laughs> I hate how when, when you hit the trigger, like, you, you get out of the seat. Oh, well. Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah. Need to, need to fix it. But yeah, no, back where you were saying about the, the heart, it is interesting. Like, you can, you can always sense if it's there and then you can almost a hundred percent sense it when it's not, you know, like when it's, when it's a game, it's just been like thrown together and kind of, um, not to say, I, I mean, I don't, people always put effort into a game, right? It's not like you could throw it under their ground, but when, when there's like a passion behind it, it's, it's great. Right. 
And, and you know what I think it is? I, I, I don't even think it's a, a, a matter of passion. I just think it's a matter of, like, when you're making a AAA game, it's getting sent down, like, every aspect of it is getting sent down, a, like, a line of, like, hundreds and hundreds of people. And that just kind of, like, man, I I have so much respect for people who, who work in, in video games because it's like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> it is not not an easy industry to be in like i i sit here and I, I talk about heart and you know what genres i like and don't like but i respect anyone that makes gets the chance to make any game because frankly i couldn't do that job i i'm i'm not <laughs> i'm not cut out for making something as amazing as an entire world to explore and and mechanics to go with it you know yeah man <clears throat> Like all the moving parts too. It's like, oh my god, yeah. Like, oh, so many people. Like, I have, you, you know, I'm glad that that YouTube as a whole has kind of moved on from like the angry reviewer kind of archetype, right? Because, um, because I like to I like to look to the positive aspects of something, right? Um. Because when you look to the positive aspects, you can focus more on that. And then what you can do is refine those positive aspects. Um, and that's just a beautiful thing. Definitely. There was someone in the Discord that was asking, what do you think makes like a good VR game as a whole? Um, that's, that's a question that doesn't have a solid answer because it really depends on the genre of game that you're making. Um, for example, if you were making a puzzle game like Portal or a horror game, you would want to focus on atmosphere, right? But when it's an action game, you want something that, uh, stands out and feels good to play. Like, for example, um... There's a game being made right now uh, called uh, Crunch Element VR Infiltration that it, it's it's focusing on uh, on a complete destruction of the environment, right? And um, I think that's that's got loads of potential. And the guy who's making it, it I, I recommend watching his devlogs because he sounds like super pumped and the, his excitement is like contagious um, as he works on that game. Um, and uh, then you have um, stuff like uh, what Anton is making with hot dogs, horseshoes, and hand grenades, right? Like where where he's putting so much effort into making all these weird like guns and gun combinations work in unique ways, um, and it's that's fantastic. Um, you have Half Life Alex, which is focusing on atmosphere and lighting right and and generally just being an entry point to see, say see you can make games like this too right and you don't even need like fancy physics uh, on your arms or anything like that right then you have boneworks which is trying out uh full presence right and while it may not always work out because you know physics are physics in a game engine right it it allows you to do insane things like uh you know climb anything in that game you could you can get a crowbar in that game and not even use it as a melee weapon you can use it as like a hook uh, kind of like an assassin's creed to just swing on things it's great 
<clears throat> so in short, um, in short, what I think uh, makes a good VR game is taking a good idea and refining it until it stands out among everything else. Um, because if you if you make something that is wholly refined, it doesn't really matter if other aspects of your game are not as good as that one thing that you're doing. It's great. Um, this is going to be a controversial example, but there's a game called uh, uh, Blood Trail, which is like the hatred of VR, right? And that's working on trying to make a, a, a dark and like gritty atmosphere. And, and to do that, they're working on a uh, kind of uncomfortable like gore system in that game, right? You know, so it's like that... that I think refining certain things is the path to making a memorable game. So that's what I have to say on that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was well said because it's, yeah, it's like we're, we're so early that we're seeing like the, the segments of different genres. And then, like you said, like focusing on one genre. What I'd love to see is like a game that takes all of them <laughs> and combines it into one, you know, like a, like a standardized thing. Well, when I when I talk about these games that refine individual things, I I call them uh, pillar games, right? Like, um, you know, one pillar on its own is just a pillar, right? But a bunch of pillars can hold an entire foundation up, right? Um, for example, uh, Anton with his amazing amounts of guns in in H uh, three VR, uh, that that's a pillar. Uh, there's uh, the full body presence of Boneworks. That's a pillar. There's the amazing atmosphere of Half-Life Alex. That's a pillar. One day we will get a game that combines all of these things, and it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. What do you think it's going to be called? Like, uh... It's probably going to be an anime vacation simulator, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, well, one best. thing's for certain, it's going to need a lot of time and a lot of budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, hopefully. I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah. Decade or so. Oh yeah. Well, until then, I'm I'm pretty satisfied with where the VR industry is. I I've I've touched on this in in a episode on conversations, but like I truly am grateful to like anybody that makes these pillar games because they're showing raw potential in this new medium of VR and it's great. I love it. it is fan freaking tastic. 100% man. It's I think you're going to look back on these times with with fondness, the early days, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I I I fully believe that I'm going to look back on where VR is right now the same way I look back on uh Super Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, like games I grew up with, and I imagine other people are going to do the same. In fact, I imagine in the future, once we perfect this whole, like, HMD thing, that people are going to intentionally try and recreate a screen door effect just for that retro, uh, retro feel. <laughs> that's a, that's a yeah. good idea, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, artificial FOV too, sort of look like, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be funny. Huh. Uh, 
Um, so I think that AI is going to help uh, sort through some complex questions in the future. Um, I think that pooling together enough data can make something great. For example, AI Dungeon. Have you ever played AI Dungeon? Heck yeah. Yeah, AI Dungeon's fantastic. It's it's like Zork, but you can do whatever you want in it. It's wonderful. Um, and um, I expect to see more stuff like AI Dungeon, but for like actual uh, life questions and complex problems and all that stuff. And um, once enough refinement happens, I think people are going to be okay with uh, not being able to um see an ai uh, how do i put this you know how people get creeped out when they when they see the turing test and and the ai just passes with flying colors right um i think people are going to eventually be okay with that kind of like in the movie um her have you ever seen her yeah with, with joking yeah it's going to be kind of like that i think Hmm. Um, where you you notice nobody like around the main character is like oh what, wow what a weirdo he's talking to his phone you know it's like that that's I, I think we're gonna reach a point where it's gonna be so natural that that is just a thing right hmm. so yeah I feel like yeah. I feel like that's uh, in a way we almost have that now like there's there was this app I downloaded the other day where it's like you're texting with a robot and you can still tell the the AI is kind of dumb. It's like a chat bot, basically. But they're trying think, their like, best. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's getting it's getting closer. Where it's almost like this robot then has a personality and it's sort of learning back and forth. I think the app is called Replica. Um, so it's it's kind of learning like from the conversation. And it'll bring up like stuff you talked about before. Um, but yeah, I think I think the next step is going to be the the voice. Like once it starts sounding like a human. Um, which I've heard that Apple and Google purposefully make the, uh, phone assistants sound kind of robotic. I don't know how, how true this is, but the theory is that they make it sound more robotic so that people don't get creeped out. <laughs> um, I, I, I can, I can believe that. I don't have any substantial proof of that. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, anything's possible in 2020, man. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Do you have a um, like an Alexa around or anything? Like, have you have you subscribed to putting oh no a speaker I, in in your I, home? I I barely use my smartphone, honestly. Um, I use it I use it for work basically. <laughs> Um, because most of my friends are, are on like either, you know, Discord or Steam. So I, I don't really ever see the need for, for that unless I'm using Discord or Steam on my phone, you know? Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you have like a, <clears throat> a Google home or something always listening? I'm not a paranoid guy, but I don't know. I'm not ready yet. It's not. It's not paranoia at this point. They have like verifiable information <laughs> that 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 stuff is recording. I mean, I heard once that the reason that smart TVs are so cheap nowadays is because they get, they um, cut the cost of a smart television by selling user data, right? Ooh. So, yeah. So you know, 
look, there's there's real like as I touched on in in the weekend VR video that you did, like there's not really much we can actually do about that, unfortunately. Um, so get comfy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you know an individual could kind of take the uh, minimalist route, you know. Like, uh, as long as you read every single extensive EU LA out there <laughs> in privacy policy. Oh man, I wonder how many people actually do that. <laughs> there there like was a, a South Park job. episode. There was a South Park episode about that. Um it where they they parody the human centipede and it's like, "No, you 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 signed that we could just <laughs> basically do whatever we want to you." <laughs> yeah, that's great shit. Oh man. Yeah, you yeah. need like a part-time job to basically read all those, you know, you're signing up. So that or or regulation so that people don't like aren't allowed to do any particularly heinous stuff with that mm. but that's probably not going to happen <laughs> yeah the regulation stuff is tough because i feel like technology just moves so fast and the the people creating the regulations are like old <laughs> you know they're boomers they don't know what what's going on so nothing against boomers i like boomers. Uh, I, I don't think it's always boomers i I, I I think it's also people who are generally like used to social media. Um, I think Frank Zappa said something about like how the the younger generation, the older ones are are the ones that are going, oh well, what's this? Fund it, go ahead, do it, right? But like the old the younger generation is like, oh no, I I know what they want, I know what that demographic wants, and you know such and such. Uh, reminds me part of a part from a um let me see a poem called uh, the genius of the crowd by charles bukowski um and that that poem kind of sums up my philosophy on people in general as depressing as that is but i think there's a little bit of cynicism is good for you because it, it allows you to not buy into to hype right but that just makes it so that if you're if you're expecting something to be bad, you're never disappointed because this is why I have such a huge passion for for uh, VR and stuff. Like I, I go in thinking, oh well, what, what's this neat little game? And then I play it, and it's amazing, and I love it. <clears throat> like I'm not I'm I'm not always expecting a Boneworks or or a H3 VR or Half Life Alex. I'm I'm going into a game thinking. Oh, I've looked at these screenshots. This looks kind of neat, you know, and I pick it up and it's fun. Yeah. Oh, for example, um, Horizon Vanguard, that just came out. I love that game. It is the most perfect, like, summarization of the soul of arcade games I grew up playing, like Time Crisis and, and uh, Virtua Cop and House of the Dead. I made... Um, I made an entire curator on Steam inspired by that game that was just looking for stuff that was kind of arcadey and not like going for um immersive stuff and I really I, I feel so bad because like developers send me their games there and I'm just like I'm going to play these games when I when I'm ready and I'm in like the right headspace to do it right so that I get the best possible review and then now I have like a, a backlog of like 30 games that I mean to play and review and it's just it piles on top of each other, unfortunately. Yeah, that's cool. How did you get into uh, curating uh, on Steam? 
You just like start. Um, yeah, I just I just started a group and I, I was like, hey, well, you know, I'm just going to do this as a hobby, like a side hobby, you know, because I, I, I feel like one of the biggest problems with VR right now is that you still hear people say, oh, well, VR has no games, right? Like, and I go that doesn't align with what i've been doing there's lots of games for vr and, and you just nobody has a marketing budget that that's the problem i think the problem with the game industry in general right now for people who say that oh well the games were so much better back in like 2004 right or, or some some arbitrary period of time that they grew up with is that the discoverability of video games that are up someone's alley is sorely lacking right now. Um, I, I think they're in Steam. Steam is doing their absolute best to to like solve this problem. They've got the discovery queue. They're constantly refining their their search algorithm and all that stuff. And it's just sometimes it's it's help it's helping, but it's sometimes not enough, right? So. I'm always thankful to like uh you know YouTube reviewers because they're they're just a bunch of people who like what they like and then they tell other people about what they like and then uh, people that like what they like are finding their channels and you know that that's everybody's happy right yeah yeah it's tough nowadays too like even with uh like videos movies TV shows there's so much content it's like it's so difficult to find what works. Yeah, I can't imagine like being dissatisfied with an entertainment industry because even if you have like a negative opinion of like the the popular stuff, right? Like there's always something out there for you. It's it, you just got to find it. But the thing I tell people is um don't wait to hear someone say a, a hot take about it on Twitter. Don't wait for some, for it to like a game journalist to cover it. Go like right now like pause this video and and go look at the upcoming games on Steam and you will absolutely well at least probably find something that you you like something that interests you and um you know once people do that they're going to be they're going to be set <laughs> i i certainly am yeah no yeah. 100% there's nothing more exciting too like than finding like a hidden gem you know where like Maybe oh, the cover yeah. looks kind of yeah. cool, and then you load it up, and it's like, oh, this is this is actually this is pretty rad, you know? It's, uh... Yeah, it, it's it's really um, I it's really nice to have just so much choice. It's beautiful. I'm trying to think, there was like a there's like a I feel like it's always like Korean games <laughs> that were like there it, it you can't really read the description. I remember like opening this one steam page for like this amazing looking wave shooter it was all in korean it didn't know what the story was but i loaded into it and the graphics were like incredible <laughs> the gameplay was a little mediocre but like it's always cool just to like see you know what what they're making across the water are you thinking of a game called uh, bright memory because that, that's a chinese game and the graphics are incredible in that it was it was like a demo almost. It was like fifteen minutes. You're, I was like in a spaceship, and then we landed on a planet, and I was like, in a spaceship, uh, like a pod. Was, All right.
if you had to if you had to pick like one VR game that you'd be stuck in for like a year <laughs> right now, <laughs> what would it be? VR chat. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an infinite well of content. It, you can find anything that you want in VR chat. You we're we're in VR chat right now for this podcast, uh-huh. and and it's like, so <laughs> it's you can find anything from this kind of place to a relaxing beach somewhere or a, a straight up horror map. If you want to play video games, you can play like the, the murder game mode, or you can play uh, that, that uh, clap uh, music game. I forgot what it's called, but it's in the uh, Udon alpha spotlight. Yeah. Um, you, you have everything here. I, I would be, I would want to be here. Yeah, no. Definitely agree, especially with Udon, man. Those are like some really cool stuff. Oh yeah, yeah they yeah. did a really good job with that. Right. Yeah, I've been, I've been thinking a lot about like with uh, with the recent SpaceX launches. Have you been kind of keeping up with that? Um, I, I check in on it occasionally. I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, it's it's nice to kind of have or to know that they're doing that, even with all the <laughs> the chaos and the on the surface of, of our planet now, but I was thinking more like, okay, yeah, we're starting to adventure out a little bit. It's, it's starting to become a little sustainable. It seems. Mm-hmm. Then I imagine like, okay, a couple hundred years, if we are able to have like space stations and we are separated from the day and night cycle of our planet, I feel like VR is going to be a huge role in kind of, keeping a certain amount of like circadian rhythm um i mean obviously you'd have lights in the space station but being able to like you know communicate with someone across stations in an environment where it's like you know we're meeting up at 3 p.m and it's it's a shared a shared daylight a shared shared moonlight I'm sure it'll be like vr chat version 5 or something but yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Um, I think that that is ultimately the goal of humanity to explore the stars. Because you know, if if we just stay on Earth right now, it's a, it's a ticking clock, right? Like, but um, hmm. one of the reasons that every time I'm I'm on a disrupt show, I'm, I talk about like video games instead of current events is it be, um, because stuff like SpaceX and video games is stuff that we can all agree is awesome. Right. Like it doesn't matter who you are, what part of the world you're from. It's like, yeah, fuck yeah. Space, you know, <laughs> and, and, and cool entertainment, you know, it's, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's universal though. I, I don't know. I met, I met some people that have the opinion that we need to fix what's going on on earth before going to the stars, but then it's like, you know, we've been here for thousands of years. I don't think we can fix it much more. Then it's already... going going to space and fixing earth are things that can happen at the same time yeah but, uh, we should be working on both equally as much because in case the one or the other fails that's mm. the thing so you know it always always leave every opportunity on the table mm-hmm. <clears throat> except underwater i don't think i'd want to live underwater well, nobody wants to live underwater. Have you seen the deep sea creatures that are out there? <laughs> Dude, that's the one thing that gets me. 
Can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. <laughs> Under the ice. Man, I the, any like I've seen some crazy shit that that people are taking photos and video of in like the deep sea. Yeah. That's that's you want a real life horror experience? Go go like check that kind of stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> Even the uh like if you the Titanic VR experience we were like in the submarine going exploring the shipwreck that is like oh that, that yeah, makes that's it a, that's a, me out. that's a, a fear called a thalassophobia and it's the fear of like deep water and yeah. it is a totally justified fear especially considering that like going deep enough underwater can literally kill you from the weight of the water and uh so you know, <laughs> I, the animal, the, the animals that are living underneath the sea, like the fish and stuff. They they don't even need to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, free food, fast food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> there's a lot of obviously a lot of stuff um going on in the world right now, but oh, I didn't notice. Um. Yeah, I know. It's it's news to me. Too, news to me. Um, but something that people should keep in mind is that everyone thinks that this year is the worst year ever, right? Like, we, we were thinking that in, like, 2016, 2017, 2018. It just seems like it kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. But we will survive. That's basically what we need to keep in mind. Um, as long as you 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 keep your empathy about you and you you listen to other people and all that stuff, it's you're you're great. You're set. You're golden. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Especially like not to not to downplay the suffering and the uh, right. You know the job loss. It's it's tough for a lot of people right now. Yeah. But it it's also nice to kind of keep the perspective of like in the grand scheme of, of history we're pretty well off <laughs> like we can still have food can still you know get, at the very least get get food stamps um so it's uh mm-hmm. yeah it's tough but like at least we have modern medicine research i, I think i think we're gonna recover from this it's gonna take time but you know it's gonna happen um <laughs> It's going to suck in the meantime, though, obviously, but, uh, you know, I, I don't like, tr- I try not to talk about this too much because, first of all, I'm, I come from a perspective that isn't, like, really in the thick of things, right? And, and um, I just, I hear about it on YouTube and social media and general conversation from people around me. I'm not, like, actually, like, out there in the middle of all that chaos and i'm glad that i don't really have to be um to be frank um so maybe it isn't best for me to be saying about how how things are and aren't going to be but i'd like to think that we've gotten ourselves out of some real doozies in history and um i think that we're gonna we're gonna be fine (laughs) yeah i i think that we we need to Above all else, I think what's missing from the world right now is a kind of like 
earnest positivity about certain things because I can sit here and rant for hours about how um, how awful things are and how you know uh, privacy is getting eroded and how all that stuff. But truthfully, what I think is most helpful is to try and instill hope in other people instead of fear and hatred. Because when you do that, the um, you know, progress happens. We go to space. We 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 uh, repair relations with people. We go and try and act like we have a future to hold together. Because if you don't think that that there's going to be a good future, then it's going to be a self fulfilling prophecy. As far as I'm concerned, you know, because. You're thinking, oh well, why even try and and make everything better? You're you're just gonna like, <laughs> why why not just be like as as horrible as the rest of the events, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's not that's not productive. That's not helpful, in my opinion. This is kind of the reason that I I I don't use Twitter anymore because it's like, tw- I I think dropping Twitter from my life was one of the best things I have ever done. It is so liberating. Just like take a vacation from Twitter for for like one 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 week. You know, see how you like it and and if you don't like it then you you can just go back, right? Like it's but it is worth a shot because I think that the kind of stuff that Twitter constantly uh you know, puts on your timeline is not good for anyone's mental health in general. So, hundred percent, man. Um, I um, and this is, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, yeah. Like I, I, uh, I also like unfollowed everyone <laughs> that I was following before just to like clear it, and it's it's so nice, man. It's like this mental clarity. It's yeah. I agree. Like, on one hand, it's not good to, like, stick your head in the sand and ignore current events, but I mean more like taking a break from them. Because, you know, when you're lifting weights, for example, right, you can you can do, uh, like, however many your arms will let you do, right? Same thing with, with you know, hearing bad news. Your Your brain can handle a certain amount of bad news, and once once you reach that limit, you probably won't even know. Unlike you know when you're lifting weights, um, because you, it's just a slow and gradual process that feels like a type of unique insanity that I've only experienced from the internet. And you know that that is the double-edged sword of everything. Um. The way that I try and keep things in perspective is uh, the concept of yin and yang, right? You just want that equal thing constantly spinning. Um, you don't want to go too far into the yin because you you lose out on certain perspective. And you don't want to go too far into the yang because you're just going to be miserable all the time, right? It's just, so I think that there's something to be said about having hope about things, even in, in hopeless situations. So 
that's my take on that. <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh, I actually found like during this time, it's almost been a way to put that into practice more, like trying to uh, to maintain a, a maintain the sort of individual aspect, like maintain the perspective of like, okay, the world's there's no stability to be found in the world as a whole. I, I truly believe that. Like if, if, if I'm looking for, uh, assurance or, uh, some sort of comfort in the physical world, in other, uh, people outside of my family or friends, not really going to find it. So it's, it's been interesting to like really put that into, into, uh, into use. Like, you know, when, it seems like the world is burning around. It's really nice to kind of keep the interstate, at least not the interstate, like the highway, but the interstate <laughs> relatively calm trying to, which then it's like, it almost, it's, it's almost like this, this weird thing where it, if the interstate is calm, then the physical reality, or at least the, perspective of the physical reality can also uh be calm which then branches out i think to to the to the to the relationships that uh are having with an individual not not in every case there's some people that you know it's it's just sort of a chaotic link but um yeah it's it's tough like when the when the world is burning you can either run around screaming or uh keep the perspective I, I there's a concept uh called the collective unconscious everybody's heard of, of the collective unconscious and i i think that um it is okay to dislike things and it is okay to uh not be nice sometimes i i think that's that's something that like most people who go oh well you, you know hey if, you, if you're just positive all the time then everything's gonna be fine i think that again it's a balance because you you have to be proactive about creating value right and one of the reasons that I, I, I constantly talk about like video games and stuff is because when people come home from work or from protesting or anything like that, that's a positive thing to look forward to. And I have so much respect for people who, who make things that create positive value as a result of all the stuff that's going on out there, right? And um, And this isn't downplaying like, you know, everything that's going on it's just more like you have to have a break sometimes otherwise you're just gonna go insane and you're gonna get more and more and more and more tribalistic and it's just gonna fuck you over in the long run um and that is it that isn't good for anybody it's, it's um hasn't really worked out for us uh as of late so yeah new new plan <laughs> um <laughs> i think yeah i feel like one of the antidotes to kind of the the worldwide chaos could be more of a sort of community approach right like mm -hmm. kind of uh trying to grow roots in in more of the the individuals their household and their communities and then hopefully that would have an effect on the physical world much easier said than done but 
I think uh, I think it'll be possible. Yeah. On to a, a separate topic. Now, this is this is still uh, VR related. Um, you you ever think about how? Uh, do do you think that like the modern generation, instead of playing with Legos, they they work in game engines? That that sounds like a cool concept. <laughs> That's an yeah. interesting take. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna have like seven year olds that are gonna be like game wizards by the time they're like thirteen. <laughs> oh yeah, because we're we're at a point now where like everybody has access to Unreal Engine four and Unity, and they can just like plop on their VR headset and then show people what is in their imagination. I, I, I think that, um, the girl that you had on before uh, talked about this and I was like, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited for that because you, you know, the, the human mind is capable of such horrible nightmares but also such wonderful dreams um to quote the movie uh contact um have you seen contact no i haven't i'll have to check it out uh, it's uh, jody foster it's a wonderful mu- movie i think you'd like it um and it, it is it's just beautiful it's a beautiful thing to see <clears throat> oh um Speaking of of recommendations, have you played Res Infinite yet? You recommended that. I still have to check it out. Res Infinite is wonderful. (laughs) Is it a wave shooter? Um, It's kind of like... uh, Jeez, how do I describe Res? Um, Think of it as like a musical Star Fox-like experience. Um... Uh, I I don't want to like say too much about Res because it's it's one of those things that you want to go into knowing as little about it as possible, right? <laughs> okay. I will say this: it is not worth thirty dollars because it is like an hour and a half long. Um, but this is one of those instances where I'm going to recommend it anyway, even though it's an hour and a half long. Because it is just is is such a unique and beautiful experience in VR. It's just wonderful. All right, I'm sold. And there's like a isn't there like an extra level once you complete it? Yes, there is. Yeah, um, it is. It's newer, like because Res started on on the Dreamcast, I think, and uh, then later got a PlayStation Two port, and then it got to Xbox 360 Arcade, and now it's it's Res Infinite. Um, oh. Yeah, so um hell of an experience in VR. It's it's beautiful. Um Yeah, right on. So have you seen any good movies lately? Hmm. No oh, man, I've uh I've been kinda on and off Twin Peaks been on kind of a david lynch kick <laughs> great classic 90s kind of vibe going <laughs> you ever watch that show man i'm i'm trying so hard to get into twin peaks i'm trying it's tough it's just i i think it's just not like it's it's either got like a, a slow start and i'm just waiting for it to like get to the the crazy stuff that i heard about but mm-hmm. uh 
Um, that or, you know, it's just not for me, probably. I still like uh, David Lynch's, like, other stuff. I, I like the general aesthetic of David Lynch works. Yeah. Because um, I love surreal atmosphere in general. It's it's great. Um, yeah, I'd love to see him do, like, a VR thing. Right. Oh, yeah. Didn't he do a, a VR thing? I, I could have sworn there was a Twin Peaks VR experience. I think there was. I, I don't know. I never tried it, but it... I don't know. I won't, I won't uh, yeah, say it, anything negative about it. Right, right. It, it's just nice to be in a time where you can just go and find something that is within your, your taste. Like, it, it's... It, it's such an everlasting kind of um freedom in, in a way uh, it's it's just beautiful hmm. google click away what about you seen any good uh animes movies um i've been watching a little bit of a tower of god uh recently I, I still need to catch up on that um you know the cool thing about tower of god is that that um Typically, manga is made from manga, right? But Tower of God is a uh, Korean um, webcomic kind of deal adaptation. And it's, um, I think that that is really good for, for the anime industry as a whole if they do more stuff like that. Because it's an entire well of content to, to, pull, like, to pull from and adapt. And it's, it's got just as much potential as, as manga does. Hmm. <clears throat> so, um, did you generally... ever? Oh, my bad, dude. Go ahead. No, no, Catch no. Up. Go ahead. Did you ever get into like manga reading or more just like adaptations? I I like um I, I like horror manga. Like that's like the one uh genre that I love reading in manga format. Um, because there's a unique kind of detail um that you can only put into a manga that just doesn't translate well to to anime when it comes to horror um and uh one, one of the ones i'm i'm reading right now is called uh, my ruko chan m e i r u k o chan and um it's about a girl who can who can see ghosts but nobody else can see ghosts and it is a ride it is it's it's kind of like terrifying to just think about being in her position where she has to ignore these these horrifying like monstrosities and stuff. Oof. Yeah. That sounds dope. There is um have you Oh go ahead. There is a uh oh my dog is having a nightmare. It's like... <laughs> oh is 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 Lucy alright? <laughs> yeah, you did. Dogs sometimes do like the like barking in their sleep. Um, right. Maybe a ghost was visiting her. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it reminds me of um, reminds me of a time that um, my my dog in my house was just barking at nothing. Like at, oh, in the living no. room. That's creepy. That was like that was terrifying. <laughs> Only time they ever did it too. It, oh. it, that was that was something. Um, yeah. Hopefully it's scared away the whatever it was. I, I think Adult Swim is doing a um 
an adaptation of a horror manga. I'm going to look it up real quick, see if you've heard of it. Oh, yeah, the, the um, uh, Junji Ito uh, spiral uh, manga. I forgot yeah. the name of it. Um, I've never read the manga, but... Oh, dude, you got to read Junji Ito, man. That's is like quintessential. Yes, yes, it is. Right. Skip over the Junji Ito collection anime. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> okay. going to say that. Just <laughs> um, go straight um, for the gold. Yeah, just go straight for the manga. Um, he's got so many unique works to read. Um, I, I think you're going to like at least one of them because they're just so good. <laughs> All right. Um, the the one that the one that is constantly being quoted is the uh, um, I think it was the the fault of uh, fault of something uh, where people find these holes in the side of uh, inside of a, a mountain and then they they all like mysteriously are attracted to it because they find this one hole that that's like made for them and it's just just read it it's beautiful and well yeah. beautiful is not really a great word to describe <laughs> the 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 whole aesthetic of junji ito but you'll see <laughs> beautifully horrific maybe yep it well beautifully detailed for one thing like there's so much detail that goes into junji ito mangas um like it's, illustration it's... detail yes yes part of the part part of the the horror uh, of uh junji ito manga is just how much time he puts into drawing the uh monster design hmm. um you'll you'll see what i mean when you read it um that's part of the reason I like um, my uh, Ruko Chan because it feels kind of like a toned down like Jun Junji Ito manga with a unique premise um, of sorts, and um, that is like I, I think going back all the way to stuff like uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog, like you remember the <laughs> Return the Slab thing, mm -hmm. but part. One of the best ways that you can do horror is to make things seem completely out of time and space with the rest of the world. And one of the ways that you can do that is by making it a different art style than everything else that is that is happening. It's just something that feels off, like it shouldn't be there, and that it's it's uh, creeped into a world where it shouldn't be, right? Yeah. And... I yeah. feel I feel like um, Serial Experiments Lane. Have you ever seen that show? I need to see that so much. I I it's it's been on the list, and I it's one of the those anime that like everybody recommends to me, and they go, "Oh, W man, you would love this, right?" Like, and and um, I've been meaning to watch it. I just got to find the time. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I know that I would like it, though. I, I know that I would like Serial Experiments Line because it's right up my alley in terms of premise. Yeah, the um, it kind of relates to what you're saying, like the the aesthetic where it almost it feels like this thing that's like kind of grounded in reality, but also like not because at the time of making it. It, it almost seems like that VHS kind of like grungy style. And it was interesting. The creator was talking to the artist. I think he was watching like an interview or something. And they were saying like while they were making the show, because it's a pretty kind of dark psychological thriller. But while they're making the show, the director or the writer was like to the artist, he was like, make sure you guys are working on something else that's a little more lighthearted. 
to kind of keep the yin and the yang because oh yeah, yeah. you're gonna your soul is gonna get like weighed down by these characters and uh it's true man like when if you if you end up watching it it's it's a pretty dark one psychologically dark yeah one of my new favorite uh, music artists, uh, Sewers LVT, used a lot of lane footage in a uh, in a music video for um, for one of her hit tracks. Um, it, it, that's literally called "Mr. Kill Myself," and yeah, that's that that gives me a good idea of how dark Lane is going to be because <laughs> yeah. I've seen footage. I, well, spoilers even for for Lane um, from that music video. So yeah. Know. Um. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. I I think that horror is a generally unexplored aspect of anime in general. I think that there's a little bit of a sprinkling of it, like here and there, right? Um. For example, like some of some of the stuff that happens in in ReZero, for example, is undoubtedly horrifying, right? Um, but to call it a horror anime, I, I don't know. Um, I still haven't seen it. It's oh, it's one of my favorite anime, um, right right behind uh, Black Lagoon. Um, but what's, what's the premise of it? Uh, so a kid gets sent, I, I, tell me if you, you've heard this before, sure. a high school teenager gets sent to another world and, but this time he's not the chosen one, really. Um, he's got chosen one powers, but he's, it's kind of more of a punishment of sorts. Um, and you'll, you will understand that once you watch the series. I'm not going to spoil anything. All right. I always see the, like the thumbnail of it, but I've never, I've never Dove in, so oh, it's, it's great, great anime in my opinion. I I, I really like it. Um, I, I brought up a uh, Black Lagoon. That's that's a fantastic anime. If I think if you like Tarantino films, you'll love Black Lagoon. <laughs> the violent. Well, yeah, yeah, but not not just that, but like kind of the general like mood of the 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 story, right? Like it's very Tarantino esque. Um, and, uh, um, it covers some really, really, really dark topics, but it is generally just an, a great action anime and, with good characters and good dialogue. Um, I recommend watching the English dub for Black Lagoon. Um, Ooh. this is one of the only time, yeah, this is one of the only times that I will... You know, no, no, it's not, it, like <laughs> this is one of the only times I will recommend the English dub of an anime. Um, same with the uh, Cowboy Bebop, but like um, because the the English dub for Black Lagoon um, takes some liberties with the dialogue that really, really work with the setting, and I think that if you've actually if you actually read the subtitles you got and in with the english dub on you kind of go oh yeah no that that line of dialogue works better in this situation um uh -huh. sometimes you know interesting yeah um just generally good all-around anime um it's a shame that you need like a, a european netflix vpn to get easy access to it like that 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 kind of ticks me, but let's talk about that for a moment. So, um, what, what do you call it? The, um, streaming services, right? Remember when, when we all moved to Netflix because uh, cable companies kept splitting everything across 
across so many different services. Like if you wanted to watch a certain thing, you either had to get Dish Network or you had to get DirecTV or you had to get all that stuff, right? Um, and everybody got so tired of it that they turned to piracy, right? I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing that that problem resurface because um, every single major group wants a slice of the pie. You got you got Amazon Prime, you got uh, Netflix, you got Disney Plus, you got all these these stupid services that all want a, a sub fee that adds up over time. And I'm seeing that resurface the problem of cable television. And then you have the problem with needing a VPN to see certain things, even though it's on the service, they have the license for it, right? But you need to be in a certain region to see certain things. For example, uh, European Netflix has uh, most of Studio Ghibli's works. They have Black Lagoon. They have a bunch of other kinds of anime, but not on the USA uh, server, right? And um, so they have it. They have the English subtitles. They have the English dub, but they don't bring it to the States. It's so weird. I hate licensing of that sort. Yeah. I wonder, Yeah, it's got to be just like a region-locked license that they have or something. I, I just don't understand the logic behind a region-locked license. But if, if it's a streaming service, right, wouldn't you want as many people to see it as possible? The content is there. It's right there. Mm. You just got to, like, open up the, the, the gates, you know, for people to see it. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so frustrating. <laughs> it's tough. At least the VPNs are, like, pretty easy. Oh, yeah. But even yeah. then, it's such a, you know... If there's one reason, if there's one reason, like, even if you're not, like, a, a privacy uh, aficionado, right, like, it, there's always a reason to get those, those, uh, you know, ExpressVPN type and NordVPN type stuff. So, like, you know, it's like, because when you can, when you can change your region, you're, you're able to watch whatever you want, basically, um, because region locking what's that right <laughs> so um but we shouldn't have to do that that's not that doesn't make any sense yeah but you need to mask your friggin ip to go see an entire new selection of things and, and people wonder oh, what's that why why is there so much piracy and it's like uh, i don't know i don't know why there's so much piracy hmm big think Hmm. Yeah, man. Piracy machine go burr. That that's not to say people are entitled to watch whatever they want. Obviously, that that, that there's because I know there's going to be someone in the comment section is like, well, you know, they they got to do this, this, and this, and this, and, and I'm I get it, but hmm. at the same time, there's got to be some better way. Like, uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'll eventually all. I don't know. It'll. I think it'll open up more and more as we get into the, the age of streaming. Um, mm -hmm. it's just, I mean, it's relatively new. Like, you know, 10 years ago, still were, you know, suffering through commercials, <laughs> commercial breaks. Uh, well, commercials aren't really the problem. It's, it's uh, the repetition. Oh, no, no. Right, right, right. What I mean is uh, I, I never really had, like, I, I understand that... Um, Generally, the uh, the thing about commercials is that they fund free viewings, right? Like that's that's the reality of the situation. And um, the 
problem I have with them, though, is the repetition. You you always have that one commercial that you, even if you like it, you've seen it so many times that you hate it, <laughs> right? Um, I just wish that wasn't really a, a thing. Um because there are better ways to do things and I'm not sure if they're they're logistically possible or or there's just a stubbornness of some kind. Hmm. Um cuz I I I'm not working at these companies that are doing these decisions there. So, you know, what do I know, right? But ah, <laughs> oh, man, it is so inconvenient. <laughs> yeah. It's uh I remember like Everyone would be watching TV and then the commercial break would come on, but they would turn up the volume of the commercials. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh, that was oh, the yeah. worst. No. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I, like, I would have to have the remote ready. Just, yeah. you know, turn the volume up and down. Yeah. Oh, man. Pistol with the remote. <laughs> I've always wanted to ask something, Jack. This is completely unrelated to what what we're talking about. But do you do sure. these like these week in VR and twenty four hours in VR and and these these challenges to like f push the limits of of what you think is capable, or is it just something that like you do for fun? Like, always wanted to know. <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's not. If I look. If I if I really look within, if I'm questioning myself, it's not I'm not really motivated by pushing limits. It's more what I think would make an interesting story. That's a good reason to do something. Yeah. You know, it's it's like especially with a week in VR, it's like this new it's like the age of exploration but we're still in our rooms, right? <laughs> so it's like... Right, right. Yeah, it's just fun to explore. Yeah. And then with, That's cool. I, I mean, like... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, with the more, like, physical world experiments, those are kind of the same reasoning, just, like, how, what is a mundane thing that I can do and try to make it entertaining, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the streams are always fun. Like, I... I, I <laughs> always leads to a good time, so... <laughs> They're great. They're great things to do. Yeah, man. It's always it's always fun seeing you in chat and get some content. <laughs> I remember the um, the No Man's Sky stream where it was oh yeah uh, coconut you and I just kind of in there like mm -hmm. late night. Yeah, those those are good times. Right. Got to do something like that again. Oh yeah, absolutely. And especially the 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 standing thing that you just did, where we ended it off it off with a Napoleon Dynamite. That, that was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I never got to see that movie until that day, so that was cool. <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I always figured it was it was kind of like a meditative thing, but yeah. Yeah, it's it is it can can get. A little bit meditative. I think the darkness was probably more meditative than anything. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, cheers. Yeah, cheers, man. Thanks for the, the conversation. It's always great exploring Thanks. with you. Thanks for having me. It's always nice to, to chat with you. Yeah, man. Big, big monkey. <laughs> <laughs>